Listener Production. Wall Street consolidates overnight following economic figures that point to a moderation in jobs growth. Aussie shares expected to open higher on Thursday ahead of international trade data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday, the 5th of October. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, a merciful consolidation for US stocks overnight as we move into the final hour of trade. We've got the Dow Jones just in negative territory, weaker by a tenth of a percent. The S&P 500 is up by a third of 1% and the NASDAQ is up by around 0.9 of a percent. Some sessions are better than others, aren't they? Some sessions give you something by which to navigate and others just leave you scratching your head a little bit. I feel like today we've been given some important lines in the sand or stars in the sky by which to navigate. Bit of a reprieve for investors today. We've seen the US 10-year Treasury yield fall by six basis points to 4.74%. It did traverse the highest since 2007. Earlier in the session, it reached 4.884%. And we did see the two-year down by 10 basis points to 5.05%. So on the back of that, we have seen the NASDAQ index being the strongest performer. Yeah, so just in big picture terms, what we have seen is uh, US rates, interest rates, surge to uncomfortably high levels. And in this last day, they have... Uh, retreated from those levels for the moment at least it appears as though there is something of a ceiling there i'm sure those words will come back to haunt me immediately but nonetheless having seen a very aggressive readjustment where interest rates are concerned uh, the latest figures that we saw today on the economic front uh, the figures on jobs today suggested Uh, or at least stop that surge higher where interest rates are concerned. That's right. So we got the private payrolls from the ADP and they rose by 89,000 last month. And that was well below expectations for around 150,000 jobs to be added during the month. So what we have seen on the back of that is a wind back in Friday's expectations for national jobs. And now we're expecting to see 170,000 jobs added rather than 187,000. But as markets often do, they provide a lot of scope for debate because only a day ago we saw some rather strong numbers in terms of the job openings and labour turnover survey, which surprised in, in its strength. So where does the ball fall when it comes to the average of these two surveys? Well, my view is the ADP isn't necessarily a reliable predictor Mm. of the government's monthly jobs data, but if Friday's report shows that the labour market is cooling, much like the ADP report, then stock investors may worry a little little bit less about indefinitely higher interest rates. So we we may see a little bit of pairing back in expectations around the US Federal Reserve's potential for rate hikes going forward. The other very important outcome last night, Ryan, I thought was the behaviour of oil prices. So this is almost a case where high oil prices begin to eat themselves, if that makes sense. Because obviously, uh, when prices become too high, you see demand destruction, and that's um, often something that we look out for. But we're also at a very important juncture when it comes to supply, and that picture has made an impact where oil prices are concerned overnight. Yes, we saw the oil Brent price down by 5.6% to 85.81 US dollars a barrel, and the US oil NYMEX price also fell by 5.6% to 84.22 US dollars a barrel. So the reason for these moves overnight was that we have seen gasoline demand in the United States plummet to its lowest seasonal level in 25 years as recent sky-high prices spark a pullback in consumption. I mean, they are coming out of their 
um, driving season. So that would be the caveat that you would offer for that. And uh, there are a couple of figures that the US Energy Information Administration published in the last day. If you want to look at their website, it's a fantastic website, Ryan. They put a lot of work into it, the uh, kids down there. But the figures talking about inventories at Cushing, Oklahoma. So uh, for people who don't know, Cushing, Oklahoma is one of the main energy hubs in the United States. It's where you have vast energy infrastructure where... It's a delivery hub. Inventories at Cushing, Oklahoma rose for the first time in two months. And again, that's a reflection of um, calendar issues as well. But you know, when you see the first outcome in two months, you, you start paying attention. This helped oil prices in terms of that decline over the session which you pointed out from peak to trough uh, the west texas intermediate crude oil price was down by six percent that's a big fall it's the sort of thing that you pay attention to and it's an indication that high oil prices are beginning to eat themselves as it were and that again creates a line in the sand by which you can navigate. It does, and implied fuel consumption on a full-week average basis has fallen steadily since the end of the summer driving season to hit 8.3 million barrels a day last week. That's the lowest on a seasonal basis since 1998. So that suggests that demand in the US is easing. That's the biggest consumer of oil in the world. And also at the same time, there was murmurings overnight about Russia. So what we did see there was discussions about the potential for Russia to lift its diesel ban in the coming days. So that also pulled the rug from under oil. Uh, Just going hand in glove with those oil price declines, we saw Chevron and Exxon prices fall to their lowest levels in a month overnight. So, you know, again, these sorts of price moves sort of start flashing red. You know, you've got hedge fund traders that would have a spreadsheet with... uh, you know, alarms set on them, and you would think that uh, there'd be some energy stocks that would have a little flashing sell at the moment. Well, what we did see was the S&P 500 sector for energy down by around 4% on the sharp fall in crude oil prices. And as you mentioned, Devon Energy dropped around 6%, as did Marathon Oil. Chevron was 2.8% lower. That was the biggest drag on the Dow Jones index, which was the worst performer of the three bourses. Indeed. And uh, in the, um, also, in, in terms of what happened with the Dow, Caterpillar and Boeing were amongst the worst performers as well, down by about 2%. On the positive side, you had Microsoft, Walmart and Amgen uh, up anywhere between 1% and 1.5% in terms of the extremes of what was happening with the 30 Dow components. Elsewhere, Ryan, there was a fair bit of economic news last night. It kind of got lost in the mix a little bit because of the uh, jobs figures and what was going on with the energy situation. Factory orders in August in the US were much better than what the market had anticipated as well. So this measure up 1.2%. The market was looking for a 0.2 of a percent improvement and quite the rebound from the more than 2% decline that we saw in the previous month. It was largely due to a 9.4% lift in orders from petroleum refineries that boosted gasoline supplies enough to send those prices down 26% from August highs and toward 2023 lows. So that was really the reason behind the beat for factory orders. But the ISM services index was a key focus as well, and it was off slightly. Uh, What we did see there was it fall from 54.5%. 
to 53.6 in September. That's still very expansionary. It's pulling back from a six-month high. It is. So it was was slightly down, but new orders dropped from 57.5 to 51.8 to nine-month lows. So the services sector is still robust in the United States. We are some seeing some cooling taking place with those interest rate hikes, but certainly services inflation is a key concern for the US Federal Reserve at the moment. This comes at a time, of course, where US debt has hit a record high of $33.4 trillion, and the US will add about $1 trillion of debt each month. So this brings the debt ceiling back into focus. So the US government at this stage will see its funding run out in 45 days. So this issue won't go away, particularly around government spending leading up to the US presidential election in 2024. And this comes at a time where US treasuries are obviously at very elevated levels. The next 12 months are going to be fraught with politics. And uh, I suppose markets are going to be very reactive to that. Absolutely. A lot of geopolitical risks at the moment, and that will be a key focus. But with the US overnight, those tech stocks, we did see the Magnificent Seven lift by up to 4.4%. 4.4%. So they really did drive the markets there. And then if we look at Europe just quickly, we did see those shares down for a third day in a row, broadly around six-month lows. We saw weak retail sales in the Eurozone, Tom, and we saw retail spending dip quite sharply. In fact, we did see retailers retail spending down 1.2% in August, and retail shares were down 1.7% overnight. They have taken a belting for a variety of reasons, not least of which has been the underwhelming situation in China. Spy futures are pointing to an improvement this morning uh, by around 0.2 of a percent. So just to put that into context, since the middle of September, we've seen the ASX 200 marked down by around 6%. So now it's a question of whether or not all of these issues, the uncertainty around the United States, the picture in China, the, indeed, the outlook for our own interest rates, are they all baked into prices with that 6% decline that we've seen over the course of the last couple of weeks? Uh, the big focus today for the Aussie market today, Tom, will be, apart from the energy sector, which will be under enormous pressure, will be the miners. So what we did see in London overnight was Rio Tinto down 2.1%, BHP was down 0.8%. We did see copper prices at four-month lows. And gold slid for an eighth session overnight. It was down 0.4% to 18.34.80 US dollars an ounce, the last level in about seven months. Look, the uh, only caveat that I would offer there to encourage people is that the US dollar has at least moderated overnight from a 12-month high, which will play a part in at least taking the sting out of some of the weakness where uh, US dollar priced commodities or assets are concerned. So that's uh, something to, to bear in mind. The picture as far as economic news today is a lean one. We've got import-export data. Uh, That's unlikely to make much of a difference in relation to sentiment. The Aussie dollar, having been marked down aggressively in recent uh, days and weeks, it peaked at around 65 US cents. It's been as low as 62.8 in the last day. It's found its footing (laughs) for the moment, 63.2. We're now in this landscape. When you see those types of price moves, you see a discussion around imported inflation come to bear, and that changes the conversation around the RBA, doesn't it? It does indeed. So there's several factors the Reserve Bank are looking at the moment. Of course, home prices and then the weakening in the Aussie dollar, and there are concerns at the same time about China's economy and our export income as far as that's concerned. 
And therefore, at the same time, there's also a big focus on wages growth and services inflation, Tom. Yeah. I mean, um, this is worth a half an hour conversation in itself. So we'll spare the listener that. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Have a great day. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.